I'm Stargate Pioneer from the Starling Tribune, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. How do you feel about that? Something will break ear, irregardless. Irregardless, yes. No, no, I thought you were, you were just a way to say ear to ear like Kano does in the original Mortal Kombat movie. I like that movie. It wasn't that bad. I had this conversation the other day with Blake. The original Mortal Kombat movie was fine. It was like a dumb, kind of fun martial arts. We could be talking about this on the podcast. We could lead with this. Well, I, uh, I mean, I'm already recording. I could lead with whatever I want. So lead with it. Lead with it. Go. Well, lead. I'm not sure, I said I'm not lead. Sure, I don't know how to do that. No. So seriously, the original Mortal Kombat movie is not that bad of a movie. I literally just said that. I know. It's like a dumb, popcorn-y, martial arts, like, fun flick. And then it's got some some deep messages about about life, um, about dealing with dying parents. um, Yeah. About finding yourself as a young woman in a large city. Right. I, I mean, all of those themes are all explored yeah and that's what i why i think that makes it kind of a your classic video game movie you know it kind of explores the dichotomy between violence and peace uh between peace love universal respect it's very it's plur it's plural it's plurish um, yeah yeah before it, before plur really was plural you know but before it was before it was plural when it was singular when it was uh quotidian one might even say uh, to to put it in a in a rather plebeian uh, discourse, you know. Ple- plebeian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Sonia fucks a guy up with her legs. You know, we made it. What? How long into this? How long into this? Two minutes and fifteen seconds. You think I don't have enough problems? In my life right now, with my technical computer setup, because that's not redundant, uh, to the point where I have time to edit out your swears. Hey, really? your like computer just exploded. Listener wasn't Dude, here for that. All right, listener, this is the fourth computer I have used that I currently own, and this one costs more than fifty dollars, like your other one. This is my desktop computer, and my webcam just broke before the broadcast. So if you're listening to this on unqualifiedgamers.com or through iTunes or Stitcher, you probably don't care that you, that you wouldn't have normally been able to see me. But if you're watching this on YouTube, I, you know, I ended up fixing it so you can see my beautiful face. But I was very angry you look hid- there. You look hideous as normal. Uh, what is what – you, your not, problem with my not hair? Only, not only – your hair always looks like shit. I don't know what you've started to do with it, but it always looks terrible. Um it didn't just break it broke like spectacularly like we were in the middle of getting ready to start and then it just you completely cut out it was awesome really it was it was really awesome i don't does this happen to other podcasters like please leave a comment if you're watching this on youtube or even at unqualifiedgamers.com please leave a comment if you're a podcaster or blogger or something and you just have hardware that 
or software that just breaks for literally no reason. You're, you're literally no reason. It really does just break. It's- I really want to hear from you. Or email us, unqualifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Like, I want to know. So I have a Microsoft Life Cam Studio. It's an HD camera from Microsoft. And I have a Audio-Technica, some nice microphone that I enjoy with, like, an arm and stuff and whatever. And it's out of frame, but there. There you go. So that's my hardware, right? All right, I have a MacBook. The MacBook I, I would record on Pro Tools. And then all of a sudden, just one day, it decided to stop recognizing Microsoft LifeCam. And it would, like, I'd be in the middle of broadcasting with John, and it would just stop. And it would be like, we've detected a new webcam. Even though it's been plugged into the same USB port for the last 40 minutes, we're going to now alert you that we detected a new webcam and we're going to, like, just stop your recording randomly. I mean, that makes sense to me. Because Apple hates Microsoft. That's fine. Okay. My, uh, my, my other no, laptop... No, 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 because 789... My old Toshiba is too old to use at this point, so that would just crash. And then I got a $50 laptop, which is used from work, and... Okay, granted, I should have known that a $50 laptop wasn't going to do very well, but that has crashed twice, despite me putting an ice pack on it, and now I've got the LifeCam Studio, and then it's just like, oh, oops, it's not plugged in, and then I plug it in, and then there's no picture, and this is very trite, this is all very, this is minutia that our listeners not interested in, but I'm very upset with just, like, things breaking for no reason. Like, when you have, like, when you run every program you're gonna run, and everything is plugged in, and you get up to go to the bathroom and get a glass of water, and you come back, you put your headphones on, and then it's like, oops, just kidding, the webcam isn't really plugged in. The USB port is apparently broken suddenly, when your computer's been on for, like, ten minutes total, and, uh, and all of a sudden, then it's like, it turns black when you plug it in. This is literally, like, the same rant you just gave that you said you're going to tack on at the end of this episode yeah but i swore a lot more in the other rant. you did you did actually. sparing our youtube viewers uh, you did you, you sounded you sounded a little sad you sounded you're sad maybe I the listener sad. will like, be able to hear that you were sad i buy sad. these things with my money like it's a, like this microphone and the webcam and these computers cost me dollars that i spent like this isn't a business it's not like i can just like be like, oh, the business will like like we don't make money on this. Yeah, like, you're just, not a bit. You're not a businessman. You're I'm a, a business, business. I just dress man. like one. You're a business man. <laughs> Excuse me, but it's in fear. It's it's like I do this for fun, but then like when things break for no reason, it's like someone doesn't want me to have fun. I don't know if it's the North Korean hackers or if it's, I, it's got to be them. I can't. Who else? It's whom, probably the whom else Korean could it hackers. Be? Whom else could it be? It couldn't be anybody else. Well, I'm still not going to watch the interview because I'd rather watch Doctor Who. But I'm I'm so like, why does why do things break? That's the theme of this episode, John. Why do things just break that are working fine and then they're like, oops, never mind, broken. You know, I like that we are. Uh, it's kind of setting up the the episodes now with with a list of things to talk about because like it gives me a skeleton structure of like what we're going through i feel like you've actually done a very good job tonight of putting together a list of things that people want to hear about so uh especially our opinions on them because they're so valuable our opinions uh so that's not broken your list isn't broken i don't think well, it's broken well thank you 
I appreciate that. Actually, it's not a very good list. Looking at it now. Okay. Well, hey, you remember that time you contributed to it? Because you didn't. So. Yeah, yeah is... no. No, not to this one. No, I've, I've got nothing. I don't even know why I'm here tonight. Let's I, be I often wonder why you're here, actually. Often. Yeah. yeah this, I, look, look, we should just go talk about this list now. I think that's a good idea. Before we start asking harder questions than we're prepared to answer. Well, this is episode 101 of Unqualified Gamers. Thanks for joining us, Jonathan. Well, this is the wonderful 101st episode. Yes, it's. (laughs) I see what you did there. Jonathan and I are not qualified professionally, but we do like video games and we talk about them sometimes. So here we are. If you like the rest of this episode, you can find out how to subscribe to us and listen in various locations at unqualifiedgamers.com. Now, with that out of the way. There are things in the video games that we can talk about that are actually relevant to video games, uh, if you'd like to do that. But first, I dropped my cable. Your Comcast? Oh, you got rid of cable? It's it's like officially gone. We we cut the cord. I feel like I'm like blazing a trail. Like for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm like actually ahead of the... And I know people have been cutting the cord for a while now. But, like, I still feel like it's it's still relatively mainstream for, like, the normal person to still have cable. Outside of Chicago. Y- yeah, sure. Maybe in, like, the suburbia yeah. environment. Most uh, of my friends do not have cable. R- right. And I think that, that maybe that's, like, a, a city thing. But I think, in like, in general, in suburbia, I think it's still pretty common to, like, have the cable package, you know? Yeah. Um, and... I, it took a lot of convincing because my really I had not been using cable for a long time. I had been streaming everything. Like when I wake up in the morning, I I will read the news if I'm going to do anything with news, and then I like stream Twitch, like that. And that's pretty much it. That's all I would do in the morning. And then at night, I in general we like didn't even watch TV or we would stream a show on Netflix or something. So like. It took a while to convince her, but I was like, "Listen, we can get a couple of channels with a satellite or with a uh, with an antenna." So we got one of those, and then we are just doing Netflix, and we've got Amazon Prime, so we've got the Prime Video thing, and I think it's going to be really good. We like saved a crap ton of money. Do you know that cable's really prohibitively dumbly expensive? Did you yeah. know that? It's yeah. really dumb. It's super dumb. And they're like, oh, it's going to be $60 a month. And then they're like, oh, but you have to get a digital box, and that's $10. And then if you want the HD channels, it's another $10. And so we had like, you know, we had like a normal cable package, but we had two digital boxes, another box, which I don't even know what that was doing. And then we were renting a cable modem, and we were doing HD channels. And our bill was literally double what the original like price was because of all the shit we were renting so uh i was just like all right take this all back and i like gathered i canceled it over the phone and the the stories about comcast being difficult to cancel are are true uh they 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 were giving me a lot of of guff when i first called them and then i told them that my wife lost her job and after i told them that they just shut up they didn't try convincing me anymore that i needed to keep cable so it's, it, I canceled it. I brought all of the boxes back. They were, I literally had like a stack of boxes that we were renting that I didn't even realize we were paying for. Uh, and brought them all back and it's, it's done. I just have internet now. 
See, what's interesting to me is that when I... I have canceled Comcast four times but because I just move every year. Uh-huh. I live in Chicago. And uh, I've never had an issue. But I think that's because every time I told them I was moving. And they'd be like, oh, well, why are you canceling with this? Why don't you want Comcast anymore? And I'd just be like, well, I'm moving to a new apartment. Did my, did my webcam just break, by I the way? Your, I think your webcam just broke. Good, good. See, this is what I'm talking about. We've been rec- – all right, we've been podcasting. This is like 10 minutes into the episode, right? Maybe a little less because my recording has been going longer. And yeah. then suddenly – whoops. Just kidding. Just kidding. Your webcam is broken. Your webcam is fucking broken for literally no reason. That's what just happened. It's awesome. It's what I want to happen. That's why I buy products so that we can be in the middle of using them and then they literally – they break and that's just what happens it's just like oh, uh, oh never mind never mind nope we didn't need you to work like what who does that what what is the purpose what what is this i changed my entire living room setup to get a decent webcam like thing i have a tripod that's how i feel about this garbage webcam and, you know, it could be the Belkin USB splitter. I have a Belkin USB splitter. Do you know why I bought it? For Rock Band. Because the Xbox 360 only has two USB ports, but I, my, I had two roommates, and I needed to play guitar, bass, and drums, and sometimes microphone, so I needed a USB splitter. Well, Belkin, you suck. Suckkin is what I should call you. Because it's, it's either Belkin or Microsoft. There's no bones about it. There's no two bones about it, John. Hardware is a terrible thing, especially if you're Nintendo and you're trying to sell the new 3DS Majora's Mask Edition. Did you hear that seamless f***ing transition, John? Did you hear it? You're, uh, you're like the Picasso of segues. Thank you. So anyways... I think he had syphilis. Did he? Well, I'm going to get syphilis if my webcam doesn't start working again. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, what do you... All right, Was so that like a threat? There's a new Did Nintendo 3DS model. It has like uh, this new 3DS What's model. Uh, what? What's... <laughs> no, no, nothing. Nothing. Carry on. What do you mean what's happening? I, th- I think he just threatened me with syphilis. I don't, I don't actually know. No, I said I'm going to get syphilis. Not okay. you're going to... You know, I, like think I'm not you, gonna... I think you threatened me by by saying you were going to get syphilis. I think that was a threat. I mean, uh, there's. I mean, how would I? How, like, who can know, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, thank you. Um, anyway, uh, Nintendo released a new 3DS model, right? And uh, is it officially out? It's officially. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I'm okay. not qualified to talk about this. So. Um, the new 3DS model is out, and that's fantastic. And there is a Majora's Mask edition, which has Majora's Mask painted on it or whatever. And apparently, they've, like, grossly under-manufactured these. But but I don't really know how to gauge that, because if something is limited edition... Then... I feel like if something is limited edition, there's no, like... I don't think you can under-manufacture it. I think you just... You make the number that you intend to make, because it is a limited edition. I mean, Nintendo's been making limited edition stuff forever. Yeah. So I think they've made, they probably made like how many they wanted to make. 
Well, in any event, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try a really great experiment. Are you ready for this? I see a camera. You, yeah. you're, you're on. So, um, the thing about the, I, th- I think the, the problem with, by the way, I can hear myself. Oh, I know. Talking, I'm, so I'm trying to fix that. This is, this is, this is, this is the is worst really thing that's ever happened. So I think the big problem, so, okay. So listener, Cody's talking right now about the, the Zelda, this Majora's Mask 3DS and, um, a bunch of people pre-ordered it on a variety of websites, Target, Best Buy, all sorts of places. And then a bunch of people had their orders canceled uh, because it turned out that the places that put them up for pre-order did not anticipate the number of people that would pre-order them. Like, like sites were selling out in minutes, right? And from what I understand, different outlets didn't even know like how many of these devices they were even going to get into stock. They just started selling them once they were told that they were going to be getting some. So, like, the big problem was that there was no communication to the various outlets as to kind of how this was going to work. And therefore, they were not able to communicate to their customers. And so it was a giant mess for everybody, is really kind of what it boils down to. Yeah, um, I guess you could say that, like, I don't know. I try to get one. I think that certain retailers are, are handling it. I guess I should look into this. Certain retailers are handling it better than other retailers. Um, so, for example, I, I, I actually almost got my hands on one. Uh, went to Target.com. They had it listed. I ordered it. It checked out. It was great. I'm like, okay, cool. I got one. And then, like, later that afternoon, they're like, oops, JK, you didn't really get one. Uh, we are going to... Uh, give you a $15 gift card. And that's cool, I guess. And the story the story that Kotaku ran said actually that, that Target specifically, as a retailer, opened up pre-orders at like 3 a.m. And they sold out in minutes once they opened up. But they still allowed people to pre-order for like hours after that. So they had to cancel a ton of pre-orders. Yeah, that's really weird and kind of obnoxious, but, I mean, what can you do? Yeah. And, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't really know who's to blame for it. I'm sure there's blame at, at various levels of the chain. Like, Nintendo probably probably didn't communicate exactly how they were going to be rolling out the system, and then it's obvious that the retailers didn't communicate to their customers. Like, Target, for example, just let people keep pre-ordering it when they knew they didn't have that many. Or maybe they didn't know they... they didn't have that many. Maybe they assumed they could get as many as they wanted. Who knows? Yeah, it's. I mean, this is something hard. we'll never know. We'll never know exactly what happened. Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that was just kind of weird or whatever. Um, I uh, I'm not like mad at Nintendo though, because like people are getting mad at at Nintendo, and I th- I think that's a weird thing to do. I mean, don't you like? Isn't that a weird thing to get mad about? Like, they they released a limited edition console, and maybe there's a glitch in their supply chain, or something's wrong, or it's, it's like... I, t- a- I tell you what they need to do. They need to do what PlayStation did with its limited edition of PlayStation, the 20th anniversary one. And if they're going to release a limited edition anything, just sell it direct to consumer. 
make a limited quantity. Be like, hey, we're opening up our website. If you want to pre-order it, you've got to come to Nintendo.com. That's where you order it from. And that that would totally that would totally negate just any of this bullshit with all of these retailers. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I just think it's a weird thing to get upset about. It's like, yeah, maybe I wanted one, but like I don't know. Like I said, limited edition. I think it's silly to put limited edition stuff in like multiple places like this. I just think that's dumb. Like you're inviting screw ups to happen because once you because once you as a company decide, hey, I'm gonna like take this limited edition thing. I'm going to release it to a variety of different corporations. Like it's at that point, it's out of your hands, regardless of if you did everything correctly. Right? Yeah, regardless. Nintendo could have done everything perfectly and said, all right, this is exactly how we want you to roll these out, et cetera, et cetera. But if any of those retailers then did something wrong, that retailer will get some of the blame, but so will Nintendo, whether right. they deserve it or not. Right. So they, they just would have been smarter just to be like, hey, like, if you want this thing, we're going to say, all right, we've got 200,000 of them. And the first 200,000 people to pre-order them and pay for it, they're the ones that get them. We'll ship them out. Yeah, I, yeah you know, I just, uh, I'm trying not to... I mean, we're unqualified gamers, so, like, part of the onus of our podcast is, like, you can't really know what's going on totally. No, who knows if there's, like, contracts in the background or something, but still, I, it it seems silly, right? Right, yeah, so, I don't know, it's just, like, there's all these things, and it's just kind of, like, you know, like, that sucks, but, like, don't, I don't know, don't get mad at a company, because, like, something didn't work out, that's all. Um, For the uh, viewer... Of YouTube. Can I explain briefly what's going on with the camera situation? Sure. If you listen to this audio podcast, all right, so here's what happened. So my my web all right, my my, my webcam on my desktop is broken. All right. Clearly it's just it's just broken. I don't know why, but who whatever. Um we did our hundredth episode with that webcam, by the way. I have not unplugged it since last week. That lasted an hour and a half. So whatever. So um I had my cell phone next to me, so I joined this uh, Google Hangout on my cell phone, and I am now using the camera from my cell phone. However, here's how Google Hangouts works, right? Uh, Whomever is talking automatically uh, is... So let's say there's two people talking. If I start talking, it'll show me on the screen, and if John starts talking, it'll show him on the screen. That's how it normally works, okay? Well, in order for me to continue recording on my computer, I need to be in the Hangout on two devices, my computer and my phone. But obviously, I want to use the audio from my computer, where I have an expensive microphone, and not the com- the audio from my phone, which because is... Because all of your expensive equipment is working just fantastically. Right. Well, I, I mean, my, my microphone is, which is a minor miracle. So For now. For now. Right. So I am... So what I have to do is I muted the microphone on my phone, so when I talk, you're not getting that audio, and then... In order to not play audio of John from my phone, I had to plug in a pair of crappy headphones because I can't turn off the sound on my headphones, which is just great. Uh, On my phone, I mean. And uh, I'm manually doing camera switching with this awful angle that may as well not even exist. But at this point, I am... I will be damned if Google prevents you from seeing my face... 
in the wonderful 101th episode of Unqualified Gamers. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. That is probably an exaggeration. I don't think that it is an exaggeration, Jonathan. I really don't. Yeah, no, that's probably an exaggeration. In any event, moving on to other <clears throat> Nintendo news, uh, let's talk ethics in games journalism. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like something we should really tackle. No, but actually, I actually do want to talk about. Uh, I played a video game this week. We How excited skip, we, are you? We skipped an interesting story that actually I thought we would actually want to talk about, and that's Metacritic. Oh right! I knew there were three Nintendo stories. I threw myself off there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's 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 talk Metacritic. So a story came out about Metacritic that Nintendo uses Metacritic, and they and they don't just use it; they like it. Right? So what's wrong with that? I mean, I don't know if anything's wrong with Nintendo liking it. I think Metacritic Metacritic is criticized quite a bit because game developers, and not the developers, the publishers, use Metacritic to incentivize their employees. I think that is why Metacritic is criticized so much. Right. So we don't. I, we yeah. We, yeah. Go, go, go ahead. So what what I mean by that is that Activision will say, "Okay, game developers, you you four hundred game developers that are working on whatever game you're working on, if you achieve a Metacritic of you know, they say, all right, the latest Call of Duty, they say, all right, if you achieve a Metacritic of this game of eighty five or more, you will receive this bonus." After the game has been released. If you receive a Metacritic of like 90 or more, you'll receive this bonus after the game has been released. So there is financial incentive directly tied to Metacritic. Now, I guess you can say that the, you know, it's it's a, the thing is, it's like, it's such a subjective thing, right? Metacritic, like by definition, is a, it's a it's a culmination of reviews. It's an aggregation for the listener who's unaware. It's like Rotten Tomatoes, but rotten, but rotten, but not, but not like Rotten Tomatoes. But how is it not though? Because it breaks down. Because every site uses a different, every outlet uses a different scoring system, and Metacritic uses its own. It uses its own method to break down that scoring system to a numbered score. Whereas Rotten Tomatoes is just a thumbs up or thumbs down system. You know, they ask the critic, hey, would you see it or would you not see it? Metacritic takes like, like say a a website uses ABCDF for their grades for games. Metacritic would come through and they would say, all right, A is 100, B is 90, C is 80, D is 70. And it's arbitrary from site to site. And then those are all aggregated to a number. But isn't it arbitrary on movie? Re- I mean, it's it's no it's because easy. Rotten Tomatoes specifically specifically just asked the question of the critic: Would you watch it or not? Really? Would you, yes. Would you go see this movie or not? And so you get a bunch of yeses and a bunch of noes, and then those aggregate to a number. So that's where there's this huge difference. Because well, it's not, I stand corrected. Because they're not just saying, would you play this game or would you not play this game? That would be arguably a better system. They are 
breaking down numbers the way that Metacritic sees fit. There's no there's no set algorithm for what they use. And that is why there is so much criticism around it is because people's monetary compensation is being based on not only a subjective review of their product, but also then an arbitrary, like, like a, a game review could come out and say that the game was awesome. It was like, great. You should definitely pick it up and give it like a B minus. And I'm sure that this has happened before. And you know, that breaks down to Metacritic how whatever number that they pick for a B minus, let's say it's 80. And if you get a bunch of those that give a game 80, according to Metacritic standards, and their cutoff for money was 85, then they don't get that money, right? So so that is why Metacritic is under so much scrutiny as, a, as an aggregator. And a lot of, a lot of game publishers use Metacritic as their barometer of success for their game. I mean, I would still say that the majority of the criticism should go towards the game publishers because they're the ones that are choosing to use one particular measuring stick. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess... But but Metacritic has its own problems in that they are... They have, they have been criticized for the outlets to which they turn for their scores and reviews, if that makes sense. So, like, uh, and like, not anybody gets on Metacritic. It's not like you and I could do a review of a game and have that show up in the aggregate score for Metacritic. They go, they pick the people that review that like review for them and that count. Oh, as yeah, aggregators. that's that's not that's not very good. That's right, good thing. right, and so they get to pick based on whatever they want, and then that aggregate score gets used to determine people's wages. Uh, and that's not good at all. Right. So that, like, that's where, like, the, the shady kind of back deal garbage can happen and, you know, that we, nobody would ever know about. And yeah, it's been, it's been heavily criticized as a, as a platform thing. And again, Rotten Tomatoes kind of has a similar thing, except that I believe they basically take any, any reporter that, like, like I think there are certain movie blogs that they allow criticism from, but for the most part, I believe they are just kind of if you are affiliated with like a a published a like a published journal. So like if you are part of a newspaper, even if you're like an online newspaper, if you're their movie reviewer, I believe that your score can count in Rotten Tomatoes. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's true. 100% We're unqualified, accurate. folks. We're unqualified. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but I'm fairly certain it's like it's that's close to the way that that works. Regardless, Metacritic has, I feel, some pretty severe flaws, some of which I just named. And clearly many other people feel that way as well, so I don't blame you, John. I don't right. blame him. Nice water, by the way. Thanks, I think. That was a weird thing. So, so what do you think of the big N? That's Nintendo, everyone. Uh, saying they like Metacritic. Does it? I mean, do, do you think they really? Do you really think that Shigeru Miyamoto Miyamoto is sitting over in Japan? No, because no, I don't think that he cares about like the business side of it. He's just creative, right? I don't think that most of the like quintessential Nintendo games are coming from anyone who cares about scores. 
right? Like, if Nintendo right. really, if Nintendo really cared about money, they would like monetize on mobile. They would release their games multi-platform. There's a slew of things they would do, but they are in the business of of building a powerful brand that people trust and is very fun, which they consistently deliver on. You know, they, they've lost money in the last couple of years, a couple quarters. They didn't have great earnings. And it's like, that's they, they could easily whore themselves out, but they're not. So Oh, yeah, I, for I, sure. I, I don't know. I, I don't think people should get too upset about the whole Metacritic thing. Because it's like, really, the people making these games are in Japan, and they, they don't care. They're like, they're sitting over Nintendo Tower, you know. I, I think they mean. like, from what I from what I got out of the article, they, they like that their first-party games in general, score higher than the other competitors. Which makes sense. I mean, they're like... There's not a company that makes higher quality games, in my opinion, than Nintendo for their, for first party. Except for Blizzard. They're not first party, though. Like, they're yeah, not making yeah. for a Blizzard platform. They kind of are. But they're making for the PC. Like, Nintendo's making games for the Nintendo, and they're like the highest... They make the highest quality games of any of the first parties. And I don't think anybody's arguing that. And Nintendo, I think, I think anybody could argue that. Good yeah, lord, Master and I think Chief Ni- Collection. And I, and I think Nintendo is just happy about that that they see that on Metacritic. Yeah, that's what I got out of the article. So people, stop getting angry. Stop Meta- getting angry at Metacritic. In itself, has just some other issues, and I think it's silly that publishers tie. Like, why not just tie the success of the game to the number of copies sold? You're already pumping like ridiculous money into your PR, right? Like like before the games which is part of the publisher's job too like tie it to that i'm in agreement with that the cream the cream rises to the top right that's inappropriate we have listeners under 20 do they not know what cream is or where it comes from like coffee cream it comes from a cow's penis everybody knows that you milk a cow's penis and then you put that directly into your coffee that's not dirty it's science all right, so speaking of Nintendo, I'm going to review... I played a video game this week. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm going to guess that you did not actually play a video game. I told you I played a video game. I'm going to guess that you did not... Let me finish. I'm going to guess that you did not play a video game that you did not play before. You are a jerk. <laughs> okay. So, again, you're reviewing a game... Of which you have already played. Is what not you're accurate, telling. not accurate. All right, here's what happened. I came into this episode planning on reviewing three mobile games and and this other game, right? I'm not going to review the mobile games because I didn't have time to eat before this podcast. And you're because diabetic. I was playing the main game. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because okay. I had like 40 minutes and I was like, well, I can throw together some crappy food, eat it real fast before we record, and then probably be hungry later. Or I could just play 45 minutes of this game, which I did. And uh, uh, the mobile games I'll just get to another time because, frankly, they can wait. And I'd like to maybe even uh, create some individual short video reviews for those. Okay. So I'll I'll do what I can there. But um, I purchased all of the downloadable content for Hyrule Warriors. How much downloadable content was there? There are five packs, and they're seven or eight bucks a piece, but you can also buy all of them in a package for 20 So you can spend $40 on individual packages or get 50% off for everything? 
And I think it turns out to be like 30 or 35 or maybe even 28. But but basically you do save a lot of money. It's a really good deal if you buy all the DLC. Okay. So I got the package. I don't remember what the package was called. Uh, season pass or something. I don't know. Um, frankly, re- listener, you're going to have to – I almost said reader. <laughs> but as we all know, you don't anymore have need to read. To read. Need yeah, to read. on this podcast. So um, uh, – but – yeah, I got the twenty dollars in DLC, and and you may find this an interesting choice because I have, I I did not give Hyrule Warriors a stellar review. I said it that I wasn't en- even one of your top games of last year. It's true, and yet Sketchy Tower Defense was a runner-up. It was. Um, however, I have revisited this game, and uh, it has grown on me very quickly. And uh, I'm really enjoying it, like a lot, okay, like a lot, lot. So, okay. um, so Hyrule Warriors. For those who don't know, it's a Dynasty Warriors game that uses the Legend of Zelda license. So it's basically Dynasty Warriors, but instead of like random Japanese people or whatever the original game is, you play as Link and Zelda and the Goron and Fee, who apparently her name is pronounced Fi from Skyward Sword, which you never played, so you wouldn't know. But you see Japanese people? Like shoguns and samurai and stuff? Yeah, you're close. Okay. I, I haven't played Dynasty Warriors. It has nothing what, to do with Japanese people. What do you play as? Ch- Chinese people. Okay, I'm so sorry I got the wrong part of the hemisphere. It's actually the same part of the hemisphere. I mix... This is what I said. You, the wrong part of that hemisphere okay yep okay yeah you mixed up chinese and japanese they're not the same people okay i realize that i'm i'm totally fully aware of that in fact they're from completely different countries actually however shogun and samurai are from japan yeah no that's accurate okay so i i thought you played as shogun and samurai and perhaps ninja ninjutsu Uh okay so link is a samurai from japan so instead of playing as um is Asians? Is that okay? I don't, you know, it, that's actually fine. But for some reason, that actually sounds more offensive. I don't. Maybe it was just the way you said it. I'm actually, really sounds, not trying it sounds to be more. Here. It sounds just, more racist when you say it that way. I don't know. I'm not trying to be offensive. Here. Asians, you're, just, you're making me be offensive. All right, and I'm I'm not happy with it. All right. Okay. Let me finish my thought. So anyway, it's a dynasty. And so Warriors. instead of playing as Asians, yeah. So instead of playing as Asians, you play as Hyruleans, or people from the land of Hyrule. Would you like to find a way of contorting my words so that I'm racist against Hylians? Are they Jews? All right. So in Hyrule Warriors, uh, it's Dynasty Warriors is a game where you play as somebody who's really overpowered. And, like, hordes of enemies will attack you, like, 30 guys at once. And you hit a couple buttons, and you, like, spin around with a sword. And everybody dies. And everyone dies. So right. You just, like, mow through hordes of enemies. Um, like, I've hit 3,000 KOs in a map. Uh, so 3,000 enemies, which is quite, quite substantial. And I'm, I'm taking them out in chunks at a time. Hmm. So that's the game. Um, it's very arcade-like. It's very much a, a beat-em-up. It's very much like a, uh, like a button masher, you might say. Uh, there are combos in the game, but the combos are the easiest things you will ever play. Uh, you hit Y between one and five times, and then you hit X. 
depending on the character. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can only hit Y four times and then hit X, but that's a combo. That's literally it. It's it's Y followed by X. It's Y a certain number of times followed by X. It is not a hard game. Okay. It's an extraordinarily easy game. Um, uh, Mechanics-wise, it does get a bit challenging. I, I did get a couple game overs. Uh, I mentioned in my initial review of this game, which you can find by searching for Hyrule Warriors at unqualifiedgamers.com, I said in my initial review that uh, it was like super easy. I just blew through it. It does get a bit more challenging. Um, but anyway, that's kind of Hyrule Warriors in a nutshell. I will talk about the DLC. So the DLC, um, here's why this game has grown on me. I guess I'll start with my thesis statement and then go into my topic sentences. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll say a third sentence, which completes a paragraph. Make sure to okay. vary your sentence structure using the ABBA method. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A B B A or something along those lines. Is that right? Yes. Okay. You have cool. to that that's one of the ones with a semicolon. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Well, uh so uh, the DLC. So, let me explain the structure of of Hyrule Warriors. There's legend which I totally misspoke about in in a recent episode, by the way. Uh fortunately, Jamie Butterworth, our listener, one of our listeners, uh corrected me. So, uh he'll enjoy some of this podcast because I'm actually going to be accurate with the game. There's the main mode, which I believe is called Legend Mode, not Adventure Mode. And that's the storyline. Like, you play as Link, and it's like, oh, Ganon's attacking Hyrule Castle. Okay, fight off all these hordes. Oh, no, Zelda was kidnapped at the end. Okay, oh, now no, go to... he stole the princess. Right, right, yeah. Like, now go to, like, Death Mountain or whatever and, and all that stuff. So, uh, and then you go there, and then it's like, oh, I meet some sorcerer, and she can help us. Sorceress, I'm sorry. Uh, she can help us, like, find Zelda or something, and then you keep going. It's like that. It's like whatever. Um, it, I mean, the, the storyline is... Uh, it is... is it's fine. It's it's whatever. Uh, but you go through and you play these things, and I I actually didn't dislike it at all. I, it's not bad. It's just nothing special. Right. Um, so you go through. There's that. Then there's like free play mode. There's a challenge mode where you're just playing levels and doing challenges. And then there's this thing called adventure mode, which I misspoke about in a in a previous episode. Adventure mode is there's a map. Uh, looks like the original Legend of Zelda map. So it's like ten by twenty squares or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and uh, each square on the map represents a battle. You do that battle on the square, and then you can advance to other directions from that square depending on how well you did. So you can get an A rank, a B rank, or a C rank. Sometimes if you get a C rank in the battle, that's enough to move in any direction. Other times it'll be like, well, if you get a B rank, you can move left or right, but to move up, you got to get an A rank. So that's how the difficulty is in that. That's a lot of squares, right? That's like 200 levels pretty much. And you have to do well in all of them. And there are secrets in all of them. You get like, there's like a meta game kind of that takes place on the map where you're getting and using items. And uh, so potentially it could take a very long time to, uh, to to unlock everything in this adventure map, right? Right. So like, uh, you know, legend mode or whatever it is, is, you know, that's doable in maybe six or seven hours. I don't remember what I said, but no, nah, probably like 10 hours. 10 or 12, maybe. Okay. Um, but not a, not an ultra-long game, right? This adventure map, uh, I read a review that claimed that it could take well over 200 hours to get everything in the adventure map and everything in and uh, in legend mode and everything, which is, which is quite a chunk of game. So the reason I say this is because the DLC adds three additional adventure maps 
Like full maps? Yes. So, I mean, that's just like forever. Like you're just playing the game forever. Basically forever. Um, so they're, they're themed. There's the Master Quest map, which is similar to the original map, but with, you know, some different battles, challenges, things like that. Uh, there's the Twilight map, which take, which is from Twilight Princess. And there are special, like, Twilight tiles where there are special rules for the matches or for the fights, battles, whatever. Um, and that seems like it could be kind of fun. And then there's a Termina map from The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And you only have a set amount of turns before the moon crashes and destroys the world, and then it resets the map. Uh, at which point you maintain some of your progress, but not all of it, and you kind of have to work your way. And this continues on an infinite loop until you beat the boss of that map, basically. Um, so that could go on for quite a while as well. So there is... it Now, also with the DLC that I got, and I'm sorry that I can't break down the DLC. Like, I can't, I can't tell you offhand, uh, oh, the Twilight Princess pack... Well, the Twilight Princess pack will have the adventure map... And you can also play as Fee in he- or uh, uh, sorry Midna in human form, and maybe another character. I don't remember the exact delineation. The Majora's Mask map pack. You get uh, uh, Young Link as a playable character, not Toon Link. Young Link as uh, as well as the Termina map, uh, and then the the Master Quest pack. I think is what comes with the Master Quest and somebody else you can play as. So like, there's all these new characters you can play as and uh, and maps involved, but I don't know the exact breakdown of all of them. Um, but if you spend $20 and get the whole package, then you get the Dark Link costume, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, right? Um, so, uh, it's just been growing on me because it's a, it is a a strangely addictive, fun, cathartic game to play. Like, I go into a map, and I'm level 40 or whatever, and I just kind of blaze through a lot of guys, even on hard mode. I mean, is there any, like, if there's no challenge in the actual, like, playing of the game, is there challenge anywhere in, like, the decision-making that you're doing in the game? Yes, there is challenge in the game. And I I ran into this, actually, while playing through. um, One of the things that I believe is in the Master Quest pack is the enemy, the, like, the villain for a great deal of the game is Sia, this, like, sorceress. And you can play as Sia or, like, a couple of her minions, basically, uh, uh, you know, as unlockable characters. But the, one of the package packs also, one of the DLC packs, also adds five story um, levels to Legend Mode. So you can play these five storyline levels. And actually, I was playing the last of her storyline levels right before we started recording. That's why I didn't eat. Um, But you play through these five story levels, and you play as the villain, and it's like from the villain's perspective. And it just kind of hits a couple different points in the main storyline where you play as the bad guy. And they are... Like, I'm not going to say they're really, really hard, but, like, they are definitely challenging. Um... I played the last. I played the last level on normal mode, and it. I almost died, and not even hard mode or legend mode, which I'll get to. And I played the second to last level on easy mode, and I blazed through it. But I was thinking as I went, I was like, "Man, if I was playing on hard mode right now, I would have a tough time," because you're constantly 
performing a balancing act when you play this game. You're, that's the whole like point of the game, basically, is since you're just rolling through these enemies, um, what'll happen is it's a large map, right? It'll take like a, a full minute maybe to run from one end to the other. You have a team of cohorts. Like, for example, if I'm playing as Link, maybe Zelda is a character on the map, and maybe uh, the Goron Chief or whatever, or Darunia or whatever, is another character on the map. Well, they're fighting independently on other sides of the map, and I also have a number of bases that I need to control in order for my troops to continue generating and things like that. Well, sometimes the vic- the defeat conditions are don't let Zelda flee from battle, so don't let Zelda die, or uh, don't let your main base be taken. And in a lot of these maps with Sia, suddenly you're in situations where, uh, like, a, dra- a giant dragon is attacking your home base, but also one of your minions is over fighting, like, Fi, apparently is her name, or uh, or one of the good guys from the game, or like Zelda or someone. And so it's like, well, I need to go save her, but I have to balance that against losing my base, and so it becomes a juggling act basically of how do i survive and not let either of these two die right um and that's where the fun comes it's just kind of prioritizing and resisting sometimes the temptation of well i could kill like 500 guys in this horde that i'm right by right now or i could just run by them because i know i need to get somewhere um so just a lot of like timing issues minor timing issues and then executing executing quickly like, yeah, I can roll through 400 enemies really easily. But I need to roll through 500 enemies. Right, right. Like, you could roll, th- you, you could be like, oh, I need to, like, demolish all these enemies or whatever. But um, if you don't, if you take too long to do it, then you're screwing yourself out of saving something else. And then you have to reprioritize again. And it just becomes this, like, kind of, like, fun little balancing act during the game. Um, and, uh,. It does get it's it's really does present a challenge in CS scenarios, um, and that's kind of where it is. There is also there are like twenty characters or something crazy like that. So, as much as as much as the actual combos are input differently, they do function very differently, and you do have to adopt a specific play style with each character. So there's enough variety there to keep it kind of interesting. Yeah. Now you played multiplayer though, wasn't that kind of the big? new thing for you yeah so um we'll get to that in one second um but basically uh i've gone over the the main reasons why i thought it would be fun to get what did push me over the edge and what made me pull out the game in the first place was i had my friend blake over uh we we uh we met up before we saw inherent vice on friday have you seen that or heard of that at all no what is it uh it's a movie it's a movie inherent vice yeah, it's based on. It's got uh, like Owen Wilson's in it, and uh, the main character. Is a wrestler uh, that died? Y- yeah, uh, the main character is uh, is uh, Ryan. What's his name? Uh, the weird na- Joaquim Phoenix. Oh, that guy's got the weird lip. Yeah, 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 yeah. The main character is Joaquim Phoenix, and uh, and what's his face? Like Owen Wilson's in it a little bit. Drew Barrymore's in it a little bit. It's based on a book by an author that my girlfriend really likes. That's all I know. Is it you? No, I don't remember anything else. But anyway, we we were hanging out before we saw Inherent Vice. Um, it was an okay movie, by the way. There were some very, very funny parts. I feel like the book is probably a lot better because the second half, they got really heavy on exposition. 
there's my mini review of Inherent Vice. Mm. Personally, that's just how I felt. It, like I said, not a bad movie. Just I don't know. Probably, probably missed a couple points. Metacritic so, would give that like a seventy, and then the people that made the movie wouldn't get their bonus. Yeah, pretty much. So way to go. Good Thank job. you. Um, so Blake and I met up beforehand, and he was over, and I was like, well, we could play Smash Brothers, which of course would be great, but we have done a lot of that. And I was like, well, I haven't played multiplayer in Hyrule Warriors, and Blake's obsessed with Zelda. So like, let's play multiplayer in Hyrule Warriors. Mm-hmm. So the way multiplayer works is um, player one plays on the Wii gamepad, and then player two uses either a Wii remote and nunchuck or a Wii U pro controller and plays on the TV. Okay. So, so player two actually gets the TV completely to himself. And I, I opted to play on the gamepad because I don't care. It's like, whatever. We both own the game. It's not a big deal. So uh, so we play multiplayer, and it's it's just like, you know, he played as Volga, one of the bad guys, because he wanted to check him out. He hadn't played as him. And uh, when he left, I now have Volga is now level six because you both gain levels. And you can split up, and you can divide and conquer, and levels go faster. And this is the kind of game that I really wish our obsessive-compulsive friend, Russian John, were in the country to play. Because he would come over, and we would just blaze through these levels, unlocking things nonstop for hours. And it would be awesome. It would be so awesome. Because you're doing it at a faster rate. What's kind of nice about this game is I'm never going to not have anything to unlock. Like, I'm never going to... I'm never going to unlock everything in this game. So you'll always be progressing. And I like that. And this is what got me. And I kind of had a paradigm shift in my brain. I probably misused that, but I don't care. Um, but but I kind of started... We've talked on this podcast before about not being able to unlock every part of a video game, right? Yeah, and that was much bigger than... Of, a deal for you you have a big issue with not being or at least you had a big issue with not being able to unlock everything in a game right and, and that was brought about our conversation was brought about mostly by batman arkham city where there are like a thousand riddler trophies or whatever right uh yeah to unlock so that was ridiculous um and what bothers me about games like that is you is that those games are harder to pick up and play like, if I were to pick up and play Batman Arkham City right now, I wouldn't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, would I understand the basic mechanics? Yeah. The combat system is pretty simple overall, yeah. Right. But, like, switching items and gear and doing some of his tricks and combos and things like that, like, it's like picking up Ninja Gaiden, the original, or Ninja Gaiden 2 right now. Like, I can't pick that up and just play it. Like, an act. even RPGs have this problem. Like, I, I, it'd be hard for me to just pick up Final Fantasy... They do. It's because there's one continuous story in them. You are literally... We literally just had this exact same conversation when we were talking about roguelikes like a week ago. About no, 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 the... but, I, but I'm talking about like even gameplay-wise. Like If I have a save file at the end of Final Fantasy IX and I boot it up to play the end boss, the mechanics of the game, I may not necessarily remember exactly how to like balance healing and attacks to beat him. Or is that just me? I, I mean, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been in that position. Like, I've never tried to pick up an RPG in the middle. I don't right, think. Well, I have. Okay. It's not picking. It's not about picking up in the middle storyline wise or knowing what to do. It's knowing the mechanics, knowing like what buttons to press to win. Okay. You know what I mean. Okay. So uh, same same goes with action games like Batman, but I think that also same goes with 
a lot of games. Anyway, it doesn't apply to Hyrule Warriors, really. Because this game has two buttons. Pretty much has two buttons. Right. I mean, like, yeah, there's there's other buttons. Like, yes, you use other buttons. You use buttons to use magic and use items and use targeting. Like, yes. But in general, it's two buttons. In general, it's two It's just it's easy enough to kind of grasp it. Right. Um, it's forgiving enough for the most part. So, um I've changed my mind about this unlockable thing because, like, what is nice about this game is every time I play, I'm going to be making progress. When you talk about, like, an unlockable, are you talking about something that affects the gameplay? Are you just talking about a collectible? No, well, there are collectibles in the game, like costumes, which I know you're not into, but I'm really into costumes. There's obviously a market for them because... They keep putting them in everything. So I, I paid for the Mass Effect costumes in Final Fantasy Thirteen too. Right, I understand that. Like, I understand there's a market for them. I understand I am not the market. That's fine. I don't. That's fine. I thoroughly enjoy alternate costumes. I think right. it changes the game. So, so those are there. Yeah. All right. So, um, there are uh, there are, yeah there are costumes, but there are also new weapons you can get. There are there are weapon synthesis that you can do, kind of at the smithy. There are several. Uh, the kind of like leveling system that adds new combos, adds new heart containers, adds new resistances to elements and things like that. Like all of that is a badge system and you have to collect components from enemies in each level in order to kind of like forge a badge. And you also collect rupees, which allow you to um, do this as well. Rupees you can also use to train your characters and basically just pay for them to gain levels up to the maximum level of your highest level character. So anytime you get a component for or any piece of like item for anything, or anytime you get um, any money, you can purchase things with that that then make you more powerful or give you different combos. Um, because I don't have all the combos unlocked for every character. And again, they're easy to pull off, but um, they do substantially different things. Um, and then there, there's a lot of like unlockable weapons and in, in and secondary items and, like, potions you can buy and things like that. So there is a variety, and it does, to a degree, affect the gameplay. Um, it's not going to change your life, probably, but it'll affect the gameplay. And again, there's a variety of characters. Like, I, there are five or six characters I haven't even played as. I haven't played as Volga, Young Link, Human Midna. I don't think I've played as Fee. I have not played as the Goron guy, Darunia, I think, uh... Like, that's five off the top of my head that I haven't played as. And I'm pretty sure there are a couple other ones as well um, that I haven't even touched. So if I get sick of one thing, I could do this, and then they have a totally different play style. Um, and, like, they really do have hugely different play styles. There are levels where I think it's Sheik, maybe, is really, really good at certain attacks. But if I want to just take out hordes of enemies, I'd choose Link. But then there are uh, people with more concentrated attacks. And then there's Sia, who's a mage, and her magic just destroys everything on the screen, basically, which is awesome. So, like, there's a lot of different stuff and enough so, to change. So I'm kind of hearing that, like, not... Like, the gameplay for each character is not difficult or, or complicated, but there's enough variation between the characters that even though they're not that complicated, still makes it feel fresh. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, and timing is a bit different, too. Like, Blake tried playing as Midna, and he just couldn't... He just, 
part of it was the controller he was using, but he couldn't handle it. Uh, Midna took me a little while to get used to, but once you figure out her timing and kind of her rhythm and, like, her range of attack and things like that to optimize her, I love playing as Midna. I'm, like, a big fan. So, um, yeah, there is a lot. There's a lot to unlock. And you are progressing. Like, it does change the actual gameplay in addition to changing, uh, you know, the levels that you have available to you and things like that. Like, it feeds the completionist in me to no end. And it's this kind of yeah. bottomless pit of wanting to keep playing it. And completing and I think, stuff. Yeah, I think I like it. I think I like that a lot. For whatever reason. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on why, on one hand, it really frustrates me when I can't complete a game. Like, Super Mario 3D World... I'm never going to get every star. Why? I'm just not. I'm it's just awesome. Not. It is awesome, but I'm never yeah, going to. Yeah, do it. It's awesome. It's going to feel like a chore. Then you're doing it wrong. Which is really awesome. weird, right? It's awesome. It's really fun to Right. Do. It's really weird for me to say that and for me yeah. to think that. And I don't know why I do. I don't either because it's awesome. But it, but it doesn't bother me that I won't unlock everything in Hyrule Warriors. And may, maybe it's... Maybe, maybe it's because there's just so much of it. Yeah, maybe because there's so much, I just have resigned myself to the fact that I can't do it. Whereas Mario 3D World, I feel like, okay, I can beat the game and have 70% of everything, and then I'm going to feel obligated to go back and get that 30%, even though it'll be really, really fun. It's, it's really awesome fun. Game. It's really, really fun. I've heard fun. it's really fun. It's I'm not sure where I heard super that. super fun. It's really fun. You should probably go do that. Right, I'll, I will take that in consideration. But I you know would what argue without playing Hyrule Warriors that it's probably better than that game. <clears throat> I think that Jamie Butterworth would argue against that because that was his game of the year. It's really fun. It's really fun. Was it on your top five list? Yes. I don't remember your top five list because I wasn't listening to anything you've said. It's really fun. So I don't know what it is. Uh, I'd be really interested to hear... Our listener, um, chime in. Hey there. Yeah, I remember you're here. Um, thanks again for tuning in. But you can comment either on unqualifiedgamers.com on this episode or on YouTube. We read all of them. We talk about them on our episodes. And we think it's really cool to hear from you. Or even like comment on Google+. Like It doesn't really matter. Just uh, let us know. Like We like, we like your opinion. And uh, your opinion matters. I don't know. You're one of not that many people that listen to the podcast, so your opinion does actually mean a lot to it. You're not like you one of matter. Like, what? Oh, I said you matter. Oh. Yeah, no, you do. You do matter. You do matter. You're not one of like thirty thousand people, and we're like, oh yeah, you left a comment. All right, move. You know, it's like I, anytime you do anything that involves us, it's like, oh my god, someone cares. So yeah, you know, just I'm just saying. Uh, I, I, so I'd love to hear. I don't know. I mean, you don't care about completing games, right? Not anymore. I but used you did to. complete I, Mario 3D World. I did because I was having so much fun playing it. I really, I, I want. So, I've talked about this. I've I played like through all of a Dynasty Warriors game. I really would like to play Hyrule Warriors with somebody else. I think I'd have a lot of fun with it. But I don't. This is just. It doesn't sound like the kind of game I want to play by myself. Um, it is a million, 
yeah, it's just way more fun with another person. It's so much because it may be partially because it's easier. I don't know, but it's, it is it is more fun with another person. It really, really is. And but just because it seems like dumb, like dumb button mashing fun. Yeah, and you can talk to the yes, that's probably it. Yeah, because I could have like an actual conversation with Blake while we were playing, and it didn't matter because it's just like that easy, you know? Yeah, but that doesn't sell me on like. That it, that like you saying that doesn't sell me on the, the merits of the game, at all. Yeah, I, and it never not, it never has. That's been the conversation we've had about this game every time we've talked about it. Yeah, that's true. But again, like I'm playing it by myself. Like right. after this episode, I don't want to eat dinner. Like I want to play. Like we've talked about this. How it's not super common anymore that there are games that either of us play where we like. Can't want to down. be yeah. yeah we don't want to put it down and that's me i am starving because i didn't eat before the podcast because i wanted to play sia's last level which on i mean i played it on normal and it was tough hard mode is going to be really hard which is awesome you may be dead tomorrow i may be dead tomorrow because no, of- i think it could be real. it'll be really really fun and i want to play it on hard mode um so it is fun on its own it's just more funner multiplayer right so I don't know. One other thing, um, it's the kind of game where there are harder difficulty things and you want to do those in the right order or you'll waste a lot of time. So to give you an example, once you beat the game, you unlock hero mode, right? Mm-hmm. In recent Zelda iterations, in recent Zelda games, hero mode refers to like you can't restore your health or some other challenge difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. In in this game's hero mode, I estimate that it multiplies all of the enemy's health by five, up from hard mode. I, I'm just going to estimate five. So it is difficult to kill things. It's not difficult to kill things. It takes forever to kill things. Like, the first level took me over, like, well, not over, but, like, about a full hour to beat and then do they also track you you completing levels in hero mode? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course they do. Yeah. But um what I realized is well that's that's good and fine. They they give you a, a, there are like five thing four or five things to unlock in every level and sometimes there'll be a level where it's like well if you play a Sheik, there's a heart container, but if you play a Zelda there's a piece of heart. So you're going to have to play that level twice, right? as Sheik and as Zelda to get everything anyway. So, and also it gives you a separate check mark for easy, normal, hard, or hero mode. So even though I played the game through on hard mode, I now have to go back and, I mean, ideally, if I want all those check marks and I want to be OCD, I have you to You want to get those, you got to get those check right. marks. Normal yeah. and easy mode, which I'll do probably so I can more quickly obtain those other items. But the point is, I'm going to do all these things first and play a bunch of adventure mode on all the maps and gain a bunch of levels and unlock those things before I go to unlock the hero mode check marks. Because if I do them right now, like that's fine. And I'm sure I'm good enough to do them, but it will take hours like per level because it's just like an, like it's a dumb way to increase the difficulty. It's just like, let's just give them insane amount of health and have it take forever. So, not necessarily dumb, but I'm just saying, like, it's important that I strategize 
in what order I'm going to unlock things in this endless unlocking cycle uh, while of unlocks. Yeah, basically. But anyway, now I understand. I, I now. You know, Jamie Butterworth left a comment that he's played 170 hours of the game or 190 hours, and I, I, I couldn't get it. I would, like It blew me away. I was like, how? How can you possibly play this game that long? Totally understand now. Totally understand. <clears throat> I mean, I've played so, games that long. You have? And it's probably... Yeah, well, yeah. Like I've played League of Legends for that long, I bet. I've played World of Warcraft for that long, certainly. So, like, I can't knock you for that, but... It's almost, it almost feels like the exact same conversation we just had, it was like a week or two ago, where we talked about roguelikes, and we talked about how, like, that is why Binding of Isaac, for instance, is so good for me, is because I can drop it, I can play it for 45 minutes, or however long it takes you to play through one level of this game, and then I can jump out of it again. And you've made some sort of progress, which is what you were talking about right now, you've, like, unlocked something, and so you feel like you're progressing, like, a larger group of stuff... By playing for small periods of time. Yeah, pretty much. And I like it like that. I do too. I love it like that. Well, cool. We have reached an impasse. I will duel you to the death on the next episode of Unqualified Gamers. How's that? I mean, I would prefer never having to do this again. But I know you're going to force me to do it again. Pretty much. I'll be here again. Great. Cool. Well, good to know. Wait, wait. uh, Listener, thank you for putting up with me angrily screaming about my hardware issues mm-hmm. i'm so furious about this webcam issue i don't even know like i don't even know i literally can't, can't even even you literally can't even i literally can't even so I, there's that I, I literally i can't even it's i literally can't even uh, if you enjoyed this and curious about the world of podcasting um check out unqualifiedgamers.com slash listen there's a whole section on how to listen to our podcast, um, whether you've got an Android phone or an iPhone or a device of some sort, or you're just a YouTube kind of guy. We also have an app on the Google Play Store. Just search for Unqualified Gamers and you'll find it, and I hope you find it uh, useful to have that app. Um, and so that is all I have to say about that. I will try to post some mobile reviews on our YouTube channel. I'm also... Uh, I have shot another video I'd like to post on a YouTube channel, uh, but I have yet to edit that. I'm sure my editing software will break unceremoniously midway into that process, because apparently that's what computers do to me these days. Mm-hmm. But stay tuned just in case. John, are you doing anything productive? I canceled my cable. We talked Does about that. Does that count? No. Are you playing any video games? I played some more Warframe. I think I'm done with it, but I had a I've lot of... I've never heard of Warframe. But I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with it, but I was thinking about it today. I think I'm done. Um, but I got a lot of time out of that. That was fun. Um, I'm still playing Binding of Isaac. And I'm thinking about... So I'm like trying to go to bed at normal times now, or at least be in bed at a normal time. Like This is beyond the time in which I would like to be in bed. Right, like I would like to go to bed at about nine o'clock. Now is my plan, uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to try. I'm going to like fall asleep at nine. So like I've started reading in bed, that kind of thing. Um, I'm thinking about playing my 3ds in bed before I go to sleep. Good choice. And seeing how that works out play? for me. I don't know. I don't know yet. But I was just like tooling around with that idea in my head today. Like maybe that's what I'll do. What about Majora's Mask 3D? You know, I 
one, I'm not a huge 3D Zelda fan. Like, the only 3D Zelda that I've really honestly enjoyed... Well, there's two. I really liked Wind Waker, and I really liked uh, Twilight Princess. But all the rest I can kind of take or leave, to be honest. And that includes, like, Ocarina of Time. I wasn't... I didn't terribly love that game. Um, so I'm not that interested in Majora's Mask, to be honest. Kind of at all. Um, okay. Yeah, so... I, so yeah, not not so much for me. I don't know. I don't know. I know the three the 3DS has a great library of games though, so probably be something. I just don't know what yet. Or I something, could, huh? Or I could continue to read, which I also enjoy. Um, but John, you don't anymore need to read. was a very angry episode 